Hey, you found us. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast. I'm Ben Glixman with my tag team partner, Matt Story. And, and Matt, right before we started recording, I think you summed it up well. ASU football, we have things to talk about that's positive, kind of. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, there hasn't been a lot of really good moments this year. And, and you know, this past weekend was not a really good moment when you beat a team that's, you know, what, one and seven, um, and, you know. But I think it's probably, I don't know, maybe the most, I mean, I know Washington was ranked, um, but I think it's the most positive feel right now, you know, since we started the season. Yeah, you and I talked about this when Iguano took over that, you know, this might be his only shot. You pull out all the stops. So he announced this week going into the game that he was going to be taking over play calling duties from Glenn Thomas. Yeah. Uh, And then... You know, after having a quarterback battle during the week, unclear how competitive that battle actually was. Um, but we found out that Trenton Borgay won the starting job. He came out and was just on fire. To open Played really game. well. Yeah. 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 I mean, the whole offense was, was pretty good. Uh, I mean, you know, like, I don't know what the final numbers were exactly. I know, you know, Borgay went over 400 yards passing. We had 200-yard receivers. Conyers I think Valaday had, had close to 100 yards rushing. Yeah, Connors um, had three uh, touchdowns, I mean, and Valaday had three touchdowns. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, hard to uh, hard to complain. Now, it, it does, you know, need to be noted that Colorado is bad, and, and particularly bad defensively. So, you know, we shouldn't get ahead of ourselves necessarily in terms of like, oh, my gosh, we found the, you know, we found the key to great success, like, We'll get some answers over these next probably three weeks. UCLA is not a great defense, but it's certainly a better team overall. And then, you know, Oregon State and Washington State are pretty good defensively. And so we'll see how it how it measures up. But, yeah, I mean, it was, uh, it was a fun offense to, you know, see what they did. And, and they moved the ball. They had big plays. Jalen Conyers was like, a revelation. We've been, yeah. we've been waiting a year and a half for him, and, and he had his breakout moment. Now, I don't want to sourpuss this moment too much because it's a win. We're 3-5. and five. Borgay's second game of being the primary quarterback with a yeah. win. Um, but, you know, Valaday is a finite resource. Sure, um, sure. You know. And where do we go, or where do we think this goes from here as a team? Well, and and that's a great question, even for just the rest of this year. Because, again, you know, like, that was the weakest opponent we had remaining. And And we did what we were supposed to do and won, but but, but now it's like, okay, what happens from here? But we won by eight, and the defense let them back in the game. Defense yeah. was was average, I would say. I mean, we gave up a punt return touchdown, which yeah. is not good. But you know that that got it to eight. Um, you know, defense was okay, but yeah, twenty seven points to the Colorado offense is more than you'd like to give up because they're not they're not a good offense either. They were playing, you know, their part time starter, but now backup quarterback, um, and they you know they had some success against our defense. So yes, you're right that. Uh, the the uh, you know cloud over the sunshine is that the defense was not great, and now you're going into a game against probably one of the better offenses in the in the conference. I would say. 
Yeah. Um, well, UCLA is a top 10 team, and we're not. Uh, no, no. I mean, it. you know, like the hope is that your offense, which has moved the ball, I mean, with Borgay and the two games that Borgay has gotten extensive time, Colorado the whole game, Washington most of the game, uh, granted two not-so-good defenses, but yes, um, but, you know, we've put up a lot of points. We've moved the ball. We've thrown well. We've run well. So, you know, if you're going to win this game, it's it's probably going to be kind of like the Washington game where it is back and forth and, you know, you win, you know, 52 to 49 or something like that. I mean, that might be a little extreme, but I I think, you know, yeah, you're going to win. It's it's not going to be 17-14 this week. Yeah. Um, let's get picks out of the way because for, for those of you who are listening and you're trying to keep track of how this is going to go, we're going to talk about ASU football. We're going to talk about college football in general, and then we're going to end on ASU basketball. So yes, let's make yes. sure we get this pick out of the way now. Um, I think we're going to have a real devil of a time stopping them. Um, yeah, and so nice I, pun. Thank like you. That. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I am picking uh, UCLA, and I'm going to go 45 to 35. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm on the same general page there. I, I I think I'll say just to you know have a little difference. I'll say uh, I'll say 42 to 31. Um, you know, but about the same. I, I think UCLA. Um, but I'll, I mean, look, this is going to sound like you know a little bit Adam Schefter take both sides of the story. Uh, I would not be surprised completely if we won. And maybe I'll regret those words by the end of the first quarter if we're down 21 nothing. Um, but I think, you know, like you're at home. The team always plays a little better at home, seems like. Um, you know, they've got, they've got a, uh, an, an emotion and an energy behind them right now that they probably haven't had all year. You're feeling good about the changes. You're feeling good about the new quarterback. You know, uh, you know like... And and you get a team that's not very good on defense. If you can if you can start the game moving the ball well and score, finish drives, you know, you can you can keep it interesting and maybe put the pressure on them in the second half. Yeah. Well and and to me, I I, I take your point well about, you know, the team comes out good at home and, and they could do it. The other thing which I think is noteworthy and, and you know this leads to back into the Sean Aguano conversation generally but they didn't quit you know the No they, they certainly they, have not and, and it wasn't like they got him his one win so they all feel good like they right. also played hard last week and Agreed agreed yeah I mean you know the Utah game I you know we talked after that game and I you know I think we texted in the immediate aftermath of it and it was like, wow, if you can't muster an effort in the first game with an interim coach, what's the rest of the season going to bring? Um, but it's kind of been the opposite. Uh, like, it, it's gotten better each week in terms of the effort and the fight. I mean, the Stanford game was a disappointing loss. We, we probably should be coming in on a three-game winning streak, in all honesty. But it wasn't due to a lack of caring. It was, you know, we just couldn't, we couldn't move the ball in the second half. And it's why we made the changes offensively with – play calling and and quarterback apparently um but you know yeah the the efforts there they 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 seem to have buy-in even though you're not really playing for much i mean you're not you know you're not going to the conference title game 
you it's going to be uphill to even make a bowl. Yes, but it's um, difficult. But it's 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 possible. I mean, if you can win this week, then it becomes you know quite possible because yeah, you got the road game Washington State. You got the you know Arizona. Arizona is is you know. Uh, all offense, no defense. So, I mean, you know, that's another game. If you're going to win it, you better be prepared to score, you know, 40-plus probably. Um, but they're winnable games. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I mean, again, I don't necessarily look at this team and say, oh, we're going to win three out of four to finish, no problem. But I think there's a chance, which, uh, you know, seven days ago I would have said, nah, uh, you know, we're not winning four out of five. We might beat Colorado. But, you know, it was – it was impressive just in terms of seeing the offense look like they had some life, which we haven't seen much this year outside of basically the Washington game previously. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I guess, you know, as I say that, we probably should talk a little bit more about Trenton Bourget. I mean, like he, he played really well. I, I don't, you know, we joked, I joked with you, you know, Baker Mayfield and, you know, walk on turned Heisman. I, I don't want to go there, but, no, but he's, he's been pretty he, darn good in he, his two games. Well, and, this is, to me, another thing that calls the question of what Herm did. Because I, I was going to ask you that. Hey, you know, you're, you're beating me to the, to the question, but yeah, I was on the same page there. Because this guy was here, and, you know, he was never going to be given the chance over Jaden Daniels, right or wrong. Sure, but then you sure. have an open competition, and you immediately bring in Paul Tyson— and yeah. then you bring in Emory Jones, and it's like the the team seems to respond to him. Whether this is just circumstance uh, or real, I'm not sure it matters. But the yeah. you know the team yeah. responding to him and playing I agree. hard, and, and you know this is one of those things. It's um the guy who took over for Kurt Warner, and I'm blanking on his name, Mark Bulger. Bulger. Yeah. He, he has like a college Mark Bulger equivalent for me. Um, yeah. In that he puts the ball where it's supposed to go. He knows yeah. the playbook. He doesn't, I mean, he threw a pick, but he doesn't make bad mistakes. He hasn't. Ball. No, no. I mean, I, you know, I agree with you and you, and you wonder with Herb and, and the staff, whoever was making that decision, because maybe it wasn't Herb ultimately or, or, not alone. Like, was there a little bit of a, well, he's a former walk on. He, he can't be our guy. You know, you, you, you get these preconceived notions that like, Oh, this is a nice story. Yeah. We gave him a scholarship and yeah, he's a good backup, but I mean, come on, do we really want him to be the starter? And, and I think we're guilty of that as fans too. I mean, I, I will say, you know, the thought like before the season, before Emory Jones was like, well, come on, man. The walk on from Morana is going to be our starting quarterback. Like, that doesn't sound good, but you know, so far he's looked pretty good, and he—he he certainly, you know, he's got some some bravado. It seems like watching him play, like he's—he's he's not scared. He doesn't operate this offense, you know, with with two hands on the wheel. Like he'll—he'll he'll throw the ball into some difficult situations and be aggressive and not reckless, not yet, but but certainly not afraid. Yeah, I I, I think that that's a really good way to put it, which is. The moment so far has not seemed too big for him. Uh uh-uh, uh. Um, uh-uh. he, he's playing like a guy with nothing to lose in some ways. But you know, he's a he's the former walk on getting his chance, so let's do it. 
Well, and that to me kind of goes hand in hand, right, with what we're seeing with Iguana. Like, these are two yeah. guys who like, this is it. So do don't worry about it. Don't stress yeah. about it. Cause this don't leave anything in the tank. Yeah, yeah. Uh, agreed. I mean, yeah. And, and uh, you know, Iguano took over the play calling, and I, I liked what I saw. Now, again, I, you know, I'm going to say it for the 17th time. I know it was Colorado. And we'll see how it goes when you, you know, when you're down and, or if you're protecting a seven point lead, are you aggressive and, you know, things like that. But, uh, but, you know, I, I liked what I saw certainly more than a lot of what I'd seen previously this year. Yeah. I, and that to me is a very interesting development. Um, because I, I don't, I still don't know that I, believe it right like Aguano's done all the things you want him to do sure Borgay's done all the things you want him to do and and I think the easiest move for Michael Crow is well let's just bring this band back together um as a fan I'm not I'm not sure that I'm there I'm not sure I'm, I'm not there either. either I'm not either because it's it's one thing to have that sort of carefree we're gonna you know do everything we can to, to make it work this week attitude when you're the interim coach or the sort of interim starting quarterback um and and you know like it's a, i've said this before to you like being the interim head coach and being the full-time head coach are two completely different jobs and so it seems like this guy's a solid enough interim coach i'm not sold that that makes him full-time head coach material yeah. And look, I, I am saying this in insincerity. If I'm if I'm in Michael Crow's seat, and I am picking him, like if if Aguano's going to be my guy, yeah. announce it now. Give him a shot for recruitment to not be the only guy. You know. Yeah, I like, mean, because yeah, because he hasn't landed a recruit, but I also have a hard time blaming him for that. Sure. When sure. he's the interim guy, and you don't even know if he's going to be there. Right. Uh, I mean, that's a point. I. But like, but I, that's I, what I'm saying. I'm not saying yeah. do it. I'm not saying make him the guy. But I'm saying but if, if you're, you're going to make him the guy, then do it now. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Because I mean, there is something to be said for that—that that you do it at least before the end of the year. If you're going to do it, I mean, you know, like, the, do you do you do it before the Arizona game as a as a rallying cry type of thing? I mean, I don't know. Again, you and I, I think, are very much on the same page. Like, I like the guy. I'm not personally opposed to him. It's not like there's something about him that I like. Oh, my God, that's that repulses me. The odds of him getting that coach. I just don't think it's the right move. I think we should aim higher. Uh, you know, I saw Doug Haller's thing this week that said, you know, what we've been saying, like, hey, the new coach, if there is a new coach, should keep him on the staff for sure. But but I just am not on board with him being the full time head coach. Yeah, I I agree. I guess my whole view on this and, and I don't you know, I think we're on the same page. This is not an indictment of Iguano. It's no, it's a reward. I, you know, and frankly. Give him the play calling duty right now, so it, it makes sense if you want to name him, you know, offensive coordinator, so that he doesn't go back to being the running backs coach. Exactly. Yeah. Depending on who you would hire, you know, if it's not a play caller, offensive coordinator type, 
yeah, maybe he, you know, or maybe it is a play caller, but you still make him the offensive coordinator. You know, yeah. you give him a, a bump in position. He's the OC slash associate head coach or something like that, you know, make a little more money and, and continue to be, you know, a staunch advocate of the program alongside new head coach X. Like that's fine. I'm, I'm happy with that result. Mm-hmm. I just don't think it's the right move. I think it's a, I think it would be a move of convenience and of like taking the easy way out in the, in the short term, it would be, you know, a move that ever, nobody would be too upset by it. You know, your fans would be okay, you know, but, but I think, you know, a year from now, people would probably turn on it if, if it's not going well. Mm-hmm. So we'll see, you know, I, I don't know, but I mean, I, uh, it was just, you know, it was fun. I, I was, you know, coming back from Tucson during the second half and listening to it. And, and, you know, it was just, it was fun. Like they were playing well and, and they had the game, you know, and they made plays to, you know, seal the game on offense. They had an interception that, you know, when the game kind of started to get a little shaky, got, you know, Chris Edmonds made a pick. It was like, all right, this is, this is better. This is better than how I felt at any point this season, really since the NAU game. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and I think it's, I, I feel a lot better. Look, we've matched the win total I projected at this point. Yeah, so yeah. I feel better about where we are because we still have time to exceed it. To surpass it, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I, you know, you mentioned the win. Like, I was thinking about that after the Colorado game. So far, I am, I'm 7-1 and one on predictions. It's that Eastern Michigan one that, that I whiffed on. But I, I have gotten every other game correct so far, which means if I continue to, we'd go 4-8, and eight, which is not great. Because yeah. I only had us winning one of the last four, and that was Arizona. Yeah. So I hope I'm wrong. I'd like to, I'd like to break that at least until the last week. Then I'd like to be right again. Yeah, I I agree. Uh, I don't think this is the week where it turns around, but I think it's possible. Yeah, I did have us lose it to UCLA, and I'm still there. I mean, I I saw, and I know I know you follow uh, Wilner on Twitter, and I've I read some stuff, and he you know he made a good point. I think it was him, or maybe maybe he responded to somebody, but you know the, the top four in the conference: USC, UCLA, Utah, and, and um, Oregon have not lost to anybody outside that group of four. I think they're 15-0 and 0 against the rest of the conference. That's what the conference needs. Yeah. That's what we weren't seeing the last few years, and it's how you end up with two nine and three teams in the conference title game because everybody just beats everybody up. Like, you know, for someone who's kind of sort of hoping a Pac-12 team makes the playoff, you know, you know, no upsets between now and November 19th when those four teams play each other. USC, UCLA, Oregon, Utah is that day. That'd be pretty good. It'd be basically a de facto, you know, Pac-12 semifinal day. Yeah, agreed. But we have our chance to play spoiler, and so do a few other teams in the meantime. But uh, you know, I I think UCLA wins. They're playing well this year. They you know they bounced back from the loss, beat Stanford easily last week. Uh, you know, got a got a veteran quarterback, got a really good running back who's you know getting better by the week. It seems like. Um, so, you know, like I said, we're, if we're going to beat them, it's going to be by scoring a lot because I don't see our defense holding them to anything less than probably 30 minimum. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. Um, 
You talked about how November 19th is a big weekend for the, for the Pac-12, Pac-12 yeah. but there's a big weekend this weekend. Do, yeah. do you want to you know, bounce around games? What, what are you sure. most excited about? Well, I mean, it's, it's sort of, not exactly, but sort of that week in the SEC. Um, there's a chance, I mean, a fairly decent chance that the two big games in the SEC, the winners will, will play in the title game. Ole Miss might still have something to say about it in the West. Um, but Alabama, LSU, Georgia, Tennessee, those are, those are monstrous. Yeah. Um, Georgia, Tennessee is, first of all, uh, we should mention the college football playoff rankings came out and do you just feel like Georgia, Tennessee got put at the numbers they got put at for this game? Like, like this well, like the <laughs> you know I'm cynical about the rankings and the rankings, at least before the final rankings, because yeah. I think, I mean, it's a TV show. They are made for TV. They're made for conversation after. So putting Clemson ahead of Michigan, putting Alabama ahead of TCU, I absolutely believe those are nothing more than we got to get people talking. So let's do something. Um, so could that, I mean, it's hard to argue against Tennessee right now. Given how they've played and given who they've beaten, I mean they they beat Alabama, they they won at LSU convincingly, blew them out. Uh, they beat Florida, they won at Pitt. Pitt's not great, but still, it's a true road win out of conference. Like it's hard to argue that resume and the way they're playing that that they don't deserve the number one ranking at least as of today. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I'm with you. I mean, Georgia has played well, but Georgia hasn't really. The toughest portion of Georgia's schedule is starting now. Like, you know, they, they played Oregon, and they look great against Oregon. But it's been kind of cruise control since. You know, they, they've had their, you know, Auburn, Vandy, Missouri, who pushed them. But nonetheless, Missouri, not a great team. South Carolina. Like, this is the meat of their schedule. Tennessee, Miss State, Kentucky, the next three weeks. They win those, they're going to be number one. Probably they'll be number one next week if they win this week. And, mm-hmm. and deserve it. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, and what do you think about the other side, the other game you mentioned, which is the other half of the SEC, basically? Man, I'm 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 angsty about it. Uh, that's that's the best way I can say it, and it is it is a truly a testament to how time changes how you view things. Because in the past, I would have been hundred percent hoping LSU would win, and thinking there's no way they're going to win. And now I'm 100% hoping Alabama wins and nervous as all heck that they're going to lay another road game egg like they've done twice this year. Cost them one, almost cost them another. Uh, but, yeah, I'm very much for Alabama. Talk talk me into it. Give me a Nick Saban is going to take care of business well, this victory is, speech. I need it. So, I need someone to talk me into it. So this is prime Nick Saban victory territory because of all the things you just said. Oh, they lost a road game. They didn't look yeah. great on the road against Texas. They're, you know, they're out of the playoff picture right now. They are, at best, the third SEC school right now. There's no reason to think that, yeah, that that's exactly the time where they just go and lay a hurting on somebody. And I hope so. And I hope so. I want that. Because as we've discussed, uh, I just can't root for LSU this year. I, I you know, I, I try to be classy when it comes to guys leaving ASU. I rooted for Remy Martin. I cannot root for I do the thought of LSU in the SEC title game with a chance to make the playoff kind of makes me queasy. Well, so and, and I throw, hope so. I'll throw this out to you. 
we have seen the LSU quarterback. We have. You know, what was his marquee games? Michigan State win, not exciting. No. And Oregon win that, like, Ayuk was wide open and he hit him in stride. That's that's it. That's, you know, this is it. And that was at home. This is different. This is. I agree. I agree. Football. I wish this was at Alabama. Yeah. I'd feel better about it if it was at Alabama. You know, night game at, at Tiger Stadium makes me nervous. And yet. I can remember a number of LSU-Alabama games at LSU at night over the last, you know, 10 to 15 years that Alabama has dominated. They did it with Tua. The year I think we went to see Auburn A&M, yeah. there was an absolute blowout there. Uh, one of the years that Fournette was, was the guy, um, you know, at LSU, they just, you know, dominated them at LSU. So I, I want, like I said, I wanted you to, to give me that, this is where Alabama is going to lay the wood because yeah. I want that very much. I, this it just feels like it to me that this is it like, kind of does. I agree because everyone like it's that moment where like oh my god Alabama's not in the top four Alabama's not in the playoffs Alabama's vulnerable. What are we I, I agree. This, I agree. Nick, you know, they yeah. just they just gave Nick Saban a ten year extension and the guy's an old man and this is what yeah. we're going to do and this is I, yep it is and and then they're just going to go. Into Louisiana, into that. I hope so. Beat down the Tigers, and it's like, oh yeah, if they win out, which they'll now be favored in every game until the SEC yeah. game. Yeah, uh, yeah, I hope so. I hope so. Now it's a, you know, if they win, tricky game right on the heels of it going to Ole Miss. Yeah. Tough back to back, and Ole Miss on a bye this week, so that you know you get them fresh. And um, now. Ole Miss is one of those teams, like, and I like Kiffin and I like Ole Miss because of the Manning influence and all that. But I'm not, I mean, like, they're eight and one and number eleven in the country, and I'm not convinced they're any good. Like, I just like, I'm not sure they've beaten anybody good. And yet here they are. You know, if if they if Alabama wins this week and they beat Alabama next week, they're in the driver's seat to to win the SEC West at that point. Well, and to me, that's the this Ole Miss team is like sort of analogous to what you were saying about Georgia in that, like the hard part of their schedule and things like this old Miss. It's team, right now. I agree. Like they, they've done everything they're supposed to do. And is this a confidence breeds confidence? You know, there's not a, there's not a more confident coach than Kiffin. Outwardly, true, like, true. You know, Saban's confident, but Saban's from the Belichick school where he's going to spend, yes. you know, yes. half you his press low, conference low telling key confidence. Yeah. You don't, you don't swing, you know, and, and, you know, the bravado that Kiffin does after the A&M game where he says, you know, Jimbo's got a Joker costume for me. Yeah. Yeah. You wouldn't get that from Saban, but yeah. that's why Lane is fun. And, and, you know, he's, uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm curious. I mean, they got after Alabama, I think they go to Arkansas. That's a tough game. And then they get Mississippi State at home. That's not an easy game. But it's like, gosh, if they beat Alabama, they got a shot to to get to Atlanta for the first time ever. They they've never been to the SEC title game, and it it's there in front of them potentially. Yeah. And doesn't I still think it's going to be Alabama, but eh, you know, like seems questionable at least right now. Yeah, it, it's one of those things where I I would much rather have it be the winner of that game. Me too. You know, me too, hundred percent. If Alabama wins this week, then next week, yeah, I go into that game thinking, okay, hey, let's let's have some fun, let's watch this one, and and the winner, 
is is leading. And if I mean, if Alabama, if Alabama wins both, I think they clinch it at that point because they only have one conference game left, and it, uh, they wouldn't even have to win it. I don't think, but it would be Auburn. They they should beat Auburn. Um, and yeah. you know, so yeah, I think it's done at that point. Ole Miss would be still dicey because they lost to LSU. Yeah. Alabama, if they win both, would have head heads on both. Obviously, Auburn, by the way, who finally made it uh, clear that they're going to be looking yes. the, the the long rumored finally became official this week. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and Lane Kiffin, who we just talked about, finds his his name at the top of a lot of people's lists. Which I'll ask you. I, I thought about it yesterday, and I honestly could see both sides. You know, if, if you if he if he called you unexpectedly and said, "What do you think I should do? Do I go to Auburn? Do I stay at Ole Miss? What would you say?" I think you take the phone call from Auburn and you turn around and say, "Hey, Ole Miss, Auburn's willing to give me seven years, seventy million. I would like an extension equivalent to that, and yeah. I, and I would like to stay here, but I want to be the coach here forever." Fair enough. Fair and and if they don't. Give it to you? Do you, do you bolt? Do yeah. You, you I know, if they call they, your bluff, you go? Yeah, I mean, I think if they don't give it to me, I, I go because, yeah. you know, because then it's not Tennessee. Like, you know, True. I know that it's all a True. big joke now with Tennessee, but yeah. I I want, I if I'm him, first of all, this is completely meaningless. I preferred Oxford to Auburn on our visit. So, yeah, so yeah, me, I, I did too. One. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, I'm with you. If I had to choose one to go back to, it would be Ole Miss. And then what I would say is, you know, not to, not that it's the only thing that matters, but control the narrative a little bit. Publicly say, I'm flattered by the Auburn job, and I would be doing a disservice not to take phone calls about my career. But I sure. love this school, and I would love, I would much. There's nothing in the world I want more than to be to Ole Miss what, you know, my dad was to the Eagles or something. Yeah, you know, yeah, say, yeah. I just I mean, want to be Yeah, I mean, it's, a, it's an interesting one for me because, you know, like, Auburn comes with so much pressure, it feels like. And a but short leash. It, a short leash and a lot of pressure, and yet, sort of like the LSU job we talked about last year, and like, well, okay, there's a lot of pressure and they'll move on from you quick. You, it's proven in this generation of college football, you can win a national title there. They won one in 2010. They played for another one in 2013. They were in the mix to the very last week in 2017, lost the SEC title game, or they would have been in the playoffs. So they can get there. Ole Miss has not been there. And, and so, you know, but yes, then but. the flip side of me says, well, now you're going to a 12 team playoff soon. Ole Miss could be a program that could be a top 12 program. They are this year, they were last year. So why not? And and to me, more than that, with Auburn, you've got a very finicky booster base. No doubt. And, no doubt. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and it's like a booster base akin to Phil Knight in terms of like, yeah, there's an AD there, but the but boosters they don't usually make the calls. Yeah. yeah I mean... The, the the difference, I think, is, you know, at Ole Miss, if he consistently wins 10 games, he's, you know, going to be very popular. And if you win 10 games at Auburn, it's going to be, yeah, that, that's nice. Now, when are you going to win 12 and get to a national championship? I mean, that's that's the expectation at Auburn. Whether it should or shouldn't be, 
I don't know. Uh, you know, but but you know, Gus Malzahn, you know, got to a title game a few years later. Again, was within one win of a of a playoff, and got canned two years after that. So they don't give you a long leash on you know. Oh, you won ten games, you're a god. Whereas Ole Miss probably does. Yeah, probably. Now think you know, the twelve team playoff may change mentalities because now if you're an Ole Miss fan influential booster whatever and if you're going you know nine and three and you're not making that 12 team playoffs like hey we need to get somebody in here who can so it, it may change things at places like that well but here's the here's the other thing if i'm if i if lane kiffin is asking me what my thoughts are on this yeah i say you you know you say well they won a national title in 2010 how long did that coach stay after 2010? Not long. I agree. You win yeah. a national title at Ole Miss. They, you, you're going to be the president of the university, the athletic <laughs> yeah, director, no, you're the right. mayor. You're right. I mean, no doubt. No doubt. They wrote off Chizik quick. They wrote off Malzahn, and they wanted to write him off quicker than they did. Um, you know, Gus was famous for, you know, like every time it seemed like he was about to get fired, they had a really good season. And, and then he bought himself another year or two, it felt like, but, um, but yeah, you're right. I mean, it is a pressure cooker. It's, it's probably a lot like what we talked about with Texas that, you know, the, the expectations are really kind of unrealistic. And if you don't meet them within two years, they're ready to get rid of you as Brian Harson found out. Yeah. And and I, I'm not saying Auburn is a bad job. Auburn's a great job. I just, it is. I am personally I of the belief that Ole Miss is as good of a job as Auburn today. Yeah, and, and that I think is the real is the real question: is do you think you can accomplish the same at Ole Miss that you could at Auburn? And maybe with the advent of an expanded playoff, the answer is yes. Uh, you know, in the BCS days and in the fourteen playoff days, the answer is probably no, because Auburn feels like they have a higher ceiling. But if you can get in that twelve-team playoff, who knows? You know, you take your chances, and and you know the SEC is probably going to always have multiple teams in a twelve-team playoff. Maybe you know minimum three, probably most years. So yeah, you know, uh, it's the old Ray Anderson. Uh, you know, can you be a top three program in the conference? Well, Ray's teams haven't. But Ole Miss has. They got to the Sugar Bowl last year. They're top three to five this year in the SEC. I don't know if they're really top three, but, you know, they're in that mix. So, yeah, I'm kind of with you, I think. Yeah. And I'm not, you know, obviously I'm not in a position where I'm going to get asked by him. But if I was, <laughs> I, I do. No, I, I realize that he's not going to ask me either. But it's a. It's an interesting one. I mean, I, I thought about that with the LSU job last year and all the Orgeron stuff, and it's like, boy, they turned on him so fast, and, and would you really take that job? And then it's like, man, they've won, they've won three national titles in the last 20 years. How could you not if you have that opportunity? You, you, you know, it is proven you can win at the highest level there. Three different coaches have. Yeah. And Auburn doesn't have quite that recent success, but pretty close. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. I, I just think, you know, Auburn is better than 85%, 90% of the jobs out there. Yeah. But I think, and, and part of this is also stylistically, Ole Miss is, I think, I'd rather be comfortable. I'd rather yeah. just, like, Lane Kiffin 
Lane Kiffin is what people accuse Todd Graham of being, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, I, I, I agree. I think, I mean, I, I saw, you know, I saw them play the opening game last year, and Kiffin wasn't even there. He was out with COVID. But, you know, the opening video was, was all, basically all Lane Kiffin with a few player highlights when they ran out. And I remember thinking, this is a perfect fit for him. Like he, this is this is where somebody like him is meant to be. They love him. They love his dog. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. I mean, he. It's it's again, you know, culture. We, uh, I think it was last time we talked. We talked about Paul Christ and ASU, and I was vociferously against it because I said, you know, culture matters. Well, Brian Harson at Auburn is a perfect example. I think Brian Harson's a fine coach, Would but you he want did him for not the fit job? the culture there. Would you want to What's do an that? ASU job? Thought about that. I, he wouldn't be top of my list, but I think he would be a much better fit here than he was at Auburn. I will say that. Like, I, you know, I, I've got people I'd rather have than him, but I would be somewhat tempted by the possibility, given that I just think, I think SEC football and him was a bad marriage. Whereas Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss football is a, a perfect marriage. They, they, they're meant for each other. I He, to me, could be, and I know this is an insane thing to say for a guy who's in his, you know, late 40s, maybe. Yeah. It, he could be Bill Snyder there, I think, if he wanted to. Like, oh, I, think he I, could I just agree. Be yeah, he could be there forever, a long time. Yeah. Be yeah. pretty good most years, great a couple years, bad a couple years, but be there for 25 years if he wanted I agree. I I do feel like Ole Miss fans, at least right now, are more realistic about you know, hey, if you could if you can get us into the top ten, you know, three out of every eight years, and another three years you could get us into the top twenty five, and those other two years, okay, maybe we go six and six. I think they'd take that in a minute, and and he could do that. It, it, that is very Bill Snyder at K State. Like they never won a national title. They got to the to the periphery a couple of times. The very first year of the BCS, they you know would have made the title game if they hadn't lost the Big Twelve title game, you know. But they never got there. But you know, every five years they'd be a team that was like, "Whoa, Kansas State, top five in the country." And yeah, maybe he could do that at Ole Miss. Yeah, and, and I just think like like you said, the the personality fit is just yeah. perfect. Like he's a great foil. To Mike Leach, he's a great foil. Yes. To Nick Saban, Jimbo yes. Fisher, like, yes. yeah, 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 agreed, agreed. I, I don't know. It does, it does sort of fit, sort of how I feel like Mike Leach fits Mississippi State very well. Yeah, I think Kiffin fits Ole Miss. It just feels like you know, hand in glove. Whereas Auburn is different. It, it just you know, like there's there's a little bit more of a like. We're we're a little classier than Ole Miss. We're a little more elite than Ole Miss, and I and I don't know if he fits that exactly well. He might, but uh, I don't know. Yeah. I also, I mean, not for nothing. I think the powder blue is right for him. Yes, I agree. I mean, it's a it's a really yeah. I I totally agree. You know, he just it seems like it's a natural fit. The key is for a guy like him who has done a lot of job hopping in his career. Not all of his own choice, but still, he's been a lot of places. Mm-hmm. You know, is he that? You know, you said it. Is is he going to be content to be at the same place for 10, 20, 25 years? I I don't know, but maybe, 
maybe that's part of the maturation is, is, you know, we realize like, Hey, this is where I'm happy. We can accomplish anything here. And again, I hate to keep harping on it, but the expansion of the playoff does change the calculus because, you know, right now it feels like if you are not the elite of the elite of the elite, the national title is out of your grasp. Yeah. That will not feel that way when you go to 12. I mean, you know, like, okay, if you can make it in, who knows? You know, you you, you get hot. Right, right. You know, you get something right. You get a home game to start or something like that. And then, you know, things, and all of a sudden you're in the the last four. And it's like, hey, we we got a shot at this. Um, So I I think it does change the feeling around a lot of programs. I mean, I, I would, you know, we're not there at this point, but that's my feeling about ASU. You know, the, the coach we hire, whoever it is, should be a coach that you say, okay, this is the guy who can get us to the college football playoff. Because, you know, now it's a, okay, so one spot's going to go to outside the power five, apparently. But that means 11 spots go to the 65 or so power five programs. Yeah. It's a one in six chance. Yeah. You, you know, that's believable more than it is now, at least. I, I agree. Um, so let's, let's talk a little bit now. Well, is there anything else on football this weekend you want to talk about before we go to basketball? Well, one thing, give me, give me your pick on Georgia, Tennessee. I think, I think you're picking Alabama and I am too. I'll I'll be cautiously, but what's your Georgia, Tennessee pick? I, I'm picking Tennessee. I think it's real. I think it's real. Me too. I do too. I do too. Uh, did I say it to you a couple weeks ago that they remind me of LSU 2019? Yeah, the Alabama and pe- win. People are picking up on that. I saw Mandel's you know weekly recap started with that. And I'm like, I'm feeling the vibe. Like the the beatdown of Kentucky last week was like tremendously impressive for me because we talked about it last week. Like, well, that's a game you could slip up. You know, Kentucky's a solid, fundamentally good team, good coach, good quarterback. You've got this big game the next week, and they just bludgeoned them. And it just feels like they're a, they're a freight train this year. Yeah. So I, I'm picking them. I This Georgia team just seems not, you know, not quite what they were last year. I mean, look, the defense has so many first-round picks that it's hard to right. imagine they would be. But Right, right, yeah. Yeah, no, I'm – I mean, if it was – it was at Tennessee – I would say more confidently. Like, I guess the, the big thing for me is, you know, they went to LSU, but they got LSU at, a, at an 11 a.m. kickoff. Like, yeah. this is the first real tough, big-time environment they're going into. Yeah. So do they – are they ready for that? You know, I, I mean – and again, I go back to LSU. It was, it was this weekend, first weekend in November. They had that road trip to Alabama. And I thought it, I think most people thought it, like, okay, this is where reality sets in for this LSU team. Nice story, but come on, they're not going to Alabama and winning. And they did. And from there, it was, you know, a buzzsaw the rest of the way, basically. And and it's setting up very similarly here. Now, are you rooting for a Tennessee Ole Miss final? (sighs) I'm torn, man. I mean, Tennessee Ole Miss would be very spicy for the Lane Kiffin subplot uh, the Mannings would, you know, that'd be kind of fun. But I also would really be, I mean, I'd be intrigued by Tennessee, Alabama again. That first game was so good. Um, and 
Georgia, Alabama. I mean, you know, I know we've seen it a bunch, but they play great games. I, I mean, I wouldn't be opposed to seeing that again either. Mm-hmm. I'm basically rooting for anybody but LSU. If it's not coming through, <laughs> that's really it. Like, if I get uh, if I get Tennessee, Ole Miss, Tennessee, Bama, uh, Georgia, Ole Miss, or Georgia, Bama, I'm pretty pretty happy with any of those four combos. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. That's, you know, I don't know. I'm torn on this Tennessee-Georgia game because I, I do like Georgia. I was happy they won last year. I, I like Bennett. You know, I've, I've come around fully on Stetson Bennett, and, uh, you know, I root for him. And yet, you know, like seeing Tennessee make this run would, would be kind of fun. It's different. You know, it's like, okay, I'm, I'm intrigued by what they're doing this year. Yeah. I, I think I am, you know, I'm always on board for Alabama, but I, and I picked Alabama, but I'm, I'm definitely open to the idea of like an Ole Miss Tennessee, a like, we haven't seen it. It's, agreed. It's agreed. It would be very fun. You know, new matchup and, and the, you know, the Lane Kiffin subplot alone would be, you know, very spicy. Um, you know, so yeah, I, you know, the odds feel like they're still in favor of Georgia, Alabama, part whatever. Uh, they've played so many times over the last few years that it, you know, like you're probably not going to go wrong picking that. But you know, there's a feeling that maybe you would, and I guess that's kind of fun. That right now it's like, well, four weeks out, maybe it won't be those two teams. Maybe it won't be either one. Yeah. Um. All right. Watch us, you know, we'll say all that and Georgia and Alabama both win this weekend convincingly. It'll be like, yep, we're getting Georgia Alabama again. Tough yeah. luck. <laughs> Fun while it lasted. Yeah. But okay. again, hey, I wouldn't hate it. So, but yes, that's, uh, that puts a bow on college football for me this weekend. All right. Let, let's pivot now to basketball. ASU opens uh, five days from today yeah. with Tarleton State. Yes. Very uh, exciting. You know, you get that that back to back Tarleton State NAU Monday Thursday combo. Yeah, baby. Before traveling for, for some reason to Texas Southern, which is odd. I agree. Yeah, it's in yeah. Houston, and I is that like a recruiting hotbed that I'm just not maybe. I, yeah, I don't know. I, I, yeah, I found that one odd too. I was looking at the schedule recently and thought, am I seeing that right? That's a that's a true road game. I I mean, I guess. It, it's got to be recruiting related. I can't imagine anything else. Yeah. Um, dumb question because I did not look this up beforehand. Is that where Austin Nunez is from? I thought he was from San Antonio, but I could be wrong. Uh, let's see. I'll look him up. Texas, but I know he's from Texas. Yeah, Garden let me. Ridge. I'll look him up real quick. I don't know where Garden Ridge is, but Austin just... Nunez. Because it makes you wonder, right? Like, yeah, could that? Be yeah, it could be. Did did we play Texas Southern in the past, like recently? And you know, like it was maybe a, a two for one or something like that too. I don't know. Maybe. So Garth Ridge is part of the San Antonio metropolitan area. It says. All right. So it's Texas, but it's not necessarily his backyard. I don't know. Uh, yeah, it's an odd one, but, uh, you know, fairly soft start. But then what, two weeks from now, two weekends from now is, is the uh, the tournament in New York? 
Yeah. Yeah. Which we opened with VCU, I believe, right? Yeah. Look, this team, Matt, could be exciting. Like, they, you know, it doesn't have the undeserved hype of the Josh Christopher team. No. But Agreed. you've got the, for now, healthy Bagley. Yes. You've got a freshman guard who gets to join Horn and Muhammad in the backcourt with Nunez. Yeah. That's pretty yeah. good. And the, and the transfer, Frankie Collins from Michigan, yeah. point guard. So, yeah, I, I agree. Backcourt backcourt should be pretty good and, and got a couple of bigs. So you got both yeah, you the got, Cambridges. Yeah. Transferred yeah. in. Uh, senior and a redshirt senior. Going to play together. You, you yeah. got Enoch Boyachi in year two, which, like, he came with all the hype in the world. He played for a year. He was not a stiff. No, but it got better over the course of the year. Slight, slight improvements. Like to see more, but you know, slightly better by the end of the season than he was at the start. Yeah. So, and then you got the transfer kid, seven footer, right from Oregon State. Yeah. Warren Washington, I think, is his name. Yeah. And and so, so there is to me things for hope. Like things yes. that you can point to and be like, "Hey, hey, look! This team could could actually do something." Now they were picked to finish at the top of the bottom of the conference. Yeah, they were the seventh. seventh, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, and I don't think they're Arizona. I don't think they're Oregon. I don't think they're UCLA. No, I agree. I, yeah, yeah. But, but I, this could be a, I, this team strikes me as the post James Harden. Sendek team. Like, there's yeah, guys. Yeah. And, and I, if they fit well together, that could be okay. I agree. I, I mean, yeah, I have not crazy high expectations. I mean, I, you know, I don't go into this year thinking, you know, we're a top 10 team in the country. But I, I do feel like, given the roster and given where we haven't been, and it's like, you got to get, like, you got to be a tournament caliber team, right? I mean, like yeah. you, I don't, I don't know if you have to make it, but you've got to at least be in the hunt to the end. And and part of me says you got to make it. I mean, like you know, how many how many times can it be you know close but no cigar or oh you know like always the bridesmaid never the bride type of thing. Like make the freaking tournament. I know we did in eighteen and nineteen. We were probably going two and twenty and all that you know sob story. But two years in a row we haven't been close. So like. Ah, to me, that I feel like it's it needs to happen, right? A hundred percent. Like I, you know, this is kind of where I wanted to go with this in terms of the preseason discussion. Yeah. Bobby Hurley has done a lot for this program. Yeah, he's maintained recruiting. You know, it hasn't panned out on the court, but he's maintained recruiting in a way that Herb Sendek couldn't. Agreed. Yeah, he's engaging charismatic as a coach sometimes to a problematic degree where his engagement and charisma becomes whining at a doc rivers <laughs> right right i agree but but passionate yeah but are we at the end like is it well uh, you know that's a great and I, and i was thinking about that earlier today as i was you know knew we were going to talk tonight and you know, and, and it was like, I don't, I don't want 
to see him go. I really don't. Like, I think we were both, you know, for much of the last year plus, it was like, okay, it's, you know, Herm's got to go and it's a matter of when. I don't want Bobby Hurley to get fired. I like Bobby Hurley. I like him as a a person. I liked him before he was the ASU coach. And and I like him here. But, man, if he can't, if, if you miss the tournament three years in a row, I feel like he has to. I just, like, how many, how long can you do this where it's like, well, next year will be better. Like, I mean, it's not always next year. You know, like, at some point it's got to be this year. Well, and he's getting people to the program. The Frankie Collins transfer, for example, is big. It, yeah. It's a big Yeah. Um, Highly he, regarded recruit, you know, went to Michigan. Only, I mean, he was only in Michigan one year, right? So, he, I mean, he's got he's, a he's got four years or three years of eligibility left. Like, you know, now whether he'll be here for who knows, I don't know. But, you know, like, yeah, it's a, it's a good pickup. You got a good high school point guard with the Nunez kid. So, yeah, I mean, he's doing well with the transfer market. He's, he's adjusted well to that in a way that, you know, the football team probably didn't do well enough. Yeah, um, and getting the you know, Cambridge brothers. Yeah, look, yeah, I don't know how it'll work, but you got to be excited at the fact that we've got two guys who are built like Kimani Lawrence, right? You know? Right, and who were somewhat in demand, like other other schools at our level or higher. We're interested in them, and and we got them. So, yeah, I mean, we're not just getting the dregs. You know, like, I mean, I, I don't mean to be mean to this kid. We didn't mention his name when we talked football, but, you know, Emory Jones was a leftover. And and we got him because, you know, it was kind of musical chairs. Our chair was the only one left open, and he was the only one left standing. Like, we, with basketball, it feels like we got some guys who were, you know, in demand. We got them. And so it's just, it's time to produce wins on the court. I know he did in 18 and 19, and that's great. But this is going to be the 2023 NCAA tournament. You can't live off first fours in 2018 and 19 forever. Yeah, and, and to me, that's where my question comes from. Of like, I I don't know what's good enough because he feels like it feels like he's the right guy. You know, agreed. Yeah, but yeah, I don't want to move on. I yeah. really don't. But I think you might have no choice. If, if it doesn't show market improvement this year. Yeah. So I think what I am looking for is you've got to have a top half of the conference finish. And what I'd love is if in, you know, conference season, we are a ranked team. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. You know, and at the very least, you got to go into, into the conference tournament with the feel of, we don't have to win this whole thing to make the tournament. Yeah. Like, I'm, you know, there's always that, but we've had way too many years as ASU basketball fans where conference tournament week starts on that Tuesday or Wednesday. And it's, well, if we have a miracle run, we make the tournament, but anything short of that, and we're either doomed to the NIT or we're done. Yeah. And, you know, at the very least we need to, we need to be on the bubble. I, and I would say better than that. I mean, like, again, I hate to, I hate to undersell and be like, well, I'd be okay just being on the bubble and missing the tournament. No, I, I really wouldn't, but it would be significant step forward from the last two years when we weren't close to the bubble. Yeah. I mean, I, I just want, and I 
fervently believe it's possible for us to be ranked and not in the like miracle run to start the year rank. Right. I mean, ranked in the we're just ranked. We're, we're good enough good. team to be in the top 25. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I agree. You know, we're looking at, I agree. are we a five seed or a six seed or what? Something like that. Yeah, yeah, sort of. I mean, the only year we've been that was Harden's last year. His sophomore yeah. year, we were a six seed, I believe, weren't we? Yeah, we were a six. We beat Temple. Uh, we were comfortably in the tournament. We knew we were going. We didn't have to wait out the selection show. It was just a matter of who we were going to play. Yeah. As the only year since the 2005 tournament, our freshman year, that we've had that. We've had a lot more selection Sundays where it's been like, well, uh, we're not watching for ASU's name. And then we've had a handful that have been like, well, hopefully we're in. Yeah, And, and it was like the a couple eight, times we were, and most of the times we weren't. It was Harden's last year, and then we were in the 7-10 or 8-9 game against Texas. When you went, right? Yeah. In Milwaukee? Yeah. Yeah. But even then, it was a little dicey. Like, weren't we the 10, I believe? Yeah. We were the 10. You know, so it was like, yeah, we're probably in good shape. But yeah. as long as there aren't feel, a lot of small conference yeah, upset. It, exactly. It was it was probably what we would have been in 2020. Like, we probably would have been in, but it wasn't a slam dunk sure thing. We, we would have had to get to that Sunday with a little bit of anxiety still. Like, well, have we done enough? Um, and, and so, yeah, it'd be nice to have a season – because we've barely had any uh, that, you know, it's like, okay, we're in, we're in the tournament. Who are we playing? Mm-hmm. Um, maybe that's overshooting expectations for a program that hasn't sniffed it in two years, but yet basketball, you can turn things around quickly. Well, and we've like got it, these guys, like, right. I, you know, the thing with basketball, it's, it's two things. Well, we haven't been in the tournament in a few years. Well, the guys who won the national title last year, are gone. The, right. The guys right. who were at, you know, Kentucky are gone. The, yeah. You know, it's, There's it's, a ton of turnover year to year. You can be an entirely different team. So yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Like, I mean, I don't know that that's really an excuse of like, well, we, we were under 500 last year. Therefore the best you could hope for this year is, you know, 18 wins. Like, no, why not? I mean, it's, it's a much different team as it almost always is now. Yeah. I just think like, and yet there's enough returning too that you feel like there's some continuity from last year when we finished on a fairly decent note. Yeah, no for for purposes of ASU basketball, we we replaced where we needed to replace in terms of Lawrence, who was critical. Yes, we've we lost Jalen Graham. Yeah, which kind of stinks because he was he had a really solid year last year, and you know it would have been nice to have him still in the fold. Um, but but you've, you've got you Oliachi, you've got the Oregon State kid, right? You know, right? You, you know, know there's some the, options at least. A yeah, freshman from Phoenix who's six ten. Right, right. Who was like a three yeah. star guy? Like, there's. I agree. I agree. I mean, to me, it's it's uh, it's kind of like it's time to you know. Stop making excuses. It's time to stop saying, you know, well, we had so many, you know, transfers and we're so young and we're so, you know, like, uh, uh, you know, everybody's got those type of challenges in college basketball now. Very rarely do you have a roster 
that you bring your, you know, seven of your top eight guys from the previous year back. That that just almost never happens. And, so, and certainly not seven of your top eight guys when you finish the year strong and from a good team. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, guys leave for the draft. Guys transfer. It, I mean, it's it's even. I mean, you know, like when we were in college, it was okay if you had a really elite guy, you could go to the NBA. Yeah. Now it's now it's the Jalen Grams of the world. Like, yeah. I mean, if this was back when we were in college, Jalen Graham would be back here because he would have had to sit out a year. He would have never thought of leaving. You know, it just that that's what you would have done. But now you can go fishing for a better opportunity, and he got one. He went to a team that's probably preseason top ten, I think. Uh, you know, and and could be a you know. Could be the second straight ASU transfer to win a title for all we know. Um, so I can't blame him, but you know, again, everybody's dealing with it. So it's not an excuse for us to struggle while other teams don't. Yeah. So I guess what I'm saying is tournament or near tournament works. Yeah. I mean, 14 and 17, you got to make a change. And I believe that's what we were last year. Yeah. Like, uh, under 500 record, you know, bottom third of the conference, that's just, it's not going to get it done. You got to at least be in the picture in March. At, at the very least, you got to, you got to give me something to care about into mid March besides the, well, we could have a miracle four wins in four days when we all know that's not going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. I'm uh I'm on board with that. But uh like we said, game start in less than a week. Matt and I will talk yeah. about that. We'll talk about UCLA. We'll talk about what happened in the SEC. Yes. Yes. Until next time he's Matt, I'm Ben. It's the Ben Matt Sportscast. <laughs>